When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And this is the worst girl gang ever. We're thrilled to have a new sponsor, Bauer Swimwear. Design-led and thoughtfully created for a slower pace of life, Bauer is an environmentally conscious swimwear brand that are championing change in the apparel industry. Combining high fashion with functionality, Bauer's luxury swim and resort wear is designed to look and feel exceptional. The brand's beautifully constructed collections are inspired by art, iconic design and childhoods by the beach in Sydney. Each piece is made by small ateliers in Italy and Portugal using recycled and responsibly sourced fabrics. Bauer is committed to creating a positive, diverse and fairly paid working environment. Plus, 1% of profits are donated to the Healthy Seas Initiative, helping to close the loop. Read more about their sustainability commitments and shop the full spring-summer 21 collection now at bowerswimwear.com. Also, we can give a discount, 25% off with code TWGGE. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are joined in our fancy schmancy studio today by Megan Knight. Thanks for coming, Megan. Megan. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, okay, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for coming in there, talking to us. Yeah, Um, thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us how and why you are part of this shitty gang. Um, So back in February, we realized that I was pregnant it wasn't something that we had planned it wasn't uh, we weren't trying for a baby um it just was one of those happy um mistakes however <laughs> it was like kind of in the pipeline maybe in like the next couple of years but we hadn't yeah. really spoke about trying now um so I've always done well for the last seven years um I've always done natural fertility so I, we obviously always knew that there was maybe a little bit of a risk kind of the last couple of years in um kind of falling pregnant but it wasn't the it was we took that risk and we didn't want any hormones and that's fine I've been with my partner Elliot for six nearly six years okay um so anyway so um I had a feeling that I might be pregnant one day I was just absolutely wiped out and I thought I think I should probably do a pregnancy test I was a bit late for my period so anyway I um waited for Elliot to finish a block of night shifts and he came in and I said, I think I'm going to do a pregnancy test. And then he was in the shower. I did the pregnancy test and we both stared at the um, stick and we were like, OK. <laughs> so that was kind of like a big thing to deal with anyway. Yeah. We, we kind of took us about two weeks really to get our head around it. We were just kept like looking at each other going, oh, God, oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Um, and obviously, um, obviously we're in a really stable relationship and that was going to be the kind of one of the next things for us anyway. So we, yeah. were, we were obviously really happy, but it does take a while when you're not planning to kind of get your head around it, even though, you know, I'm 31, I'm not like young, I'm not like 21 anymore. And, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. absolutely fine. But I think just because we have the year that we'd planned to have ahead of us, um, it was kind of 
I mean, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a happy surprise. We were like over the moon, but it took us a kind of a couple of weeks to get ahead around. And then the sickness hit. And I don't know who came up with the word morning sickness, but hmm. it's not very accurate, is it? No. <laughs> All day sickness. All day sickness. I had like three weeks off work. I oh, wow. was in bed. I just felt rough. I wasn't really being sick, but I was just felt really, really rough. So we had to tell a few people quite early on because I just couldn't really do anything. Even like a Zoom call with um, Elliot's family, I was like, I need, just need to lie flat. I can't, I can't. Um, Blimey. I, I can't chat to you. And then the sickness kind of eased slightly and we went for our 12-week scan. So during this time, everyone's saying the sickness is really positive. It means you've got lots of hormones, like I know it feels rubbish. Try, I mean, people tell you to try everything, don't they? Like, yeah, boiled sweets, ginger, biscuits, um, the the anti uh, the travel bans. And at any point, had it crossed your mind that that it might not be a successful pregnancy? No, and this is where I feel. I mean, we're both obviously in the healthcare profession. My best friend's a midwife. I know quite, I'm quite interested. And obviously now like having that um, interest in women's health, I just feel so, I guess, silly. I just feel so silly for not even Mm. considering. I didn't have any, like any tummy pain, no bleeding. So we went to our 12 week scan. I remember I put on a pair of oversized dungarees and, you know, we kind of skipped to the hospital where I work and, and Elliot works from sometimes. We walked down the long corridor, um, which I've walked down a lot of times, and had our scan. And the lady, the sonographer, was so lovely. And I've heard lots of people say that the sonographer, like there was a long pause and, you know, there was like this um, kind of like waiting to hear what happened and almost like knowing there was something wrong. Yeah. Our sonographer um, said, "I'm, um, I'm just going to have a quick look and then I'll talk you through what I'm seeing. But pretty much straight away, she said, so what I can see is the pregnancy sack. Um, but I can't see anything inside. Then obviously she said, but there's no, um, there's nothing inside. I can't, yeah. I can't see any, there's nothing inside. And um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do an internal scan. And I'm just going to go and get someone to come in with me, if that's okay. Um, so at this point, yeah, you just, you kind of just go into overdrive. I went. They say you can go and empty your bladder. I was in the toilet, just like in complete shock. I think I don't even know whether I was crying or anything at the time. I just it was just complete shock. Um, so I went back into the room. I did the internal scan, and she said the size of the sack, like not say if you were five weeks pregnant or six weeks pregnant, and there was a sack there, there might not be anything to see yet. And we'd say come back in a week, but your sack is like is is she's I think she used the term is quite large uh or something like that anyway she said it was big and um we would expect there to be a, a, a something inside a baby inside uh so they did the internal scan obviously they confirmed it and then um they said so what we'll do is we'll send you to our early pregnancy um unit so that you can um have a chat with the nurses there and then we had to do that long walk back up the corridor Mm. which was just and like you see people you know 
I mean, luckily there was we had our masks on, so um, I I just head down and I was just in. Uh, I mean, I was just numb. I feel like that's the only way you can describe it. So um, we then they put us in like a little room in the gynae unit, um, which I don't know why the NHS can't just make a nice room. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember just thinking, sitting there, going, I know they've made an effort in this room. Yeah, but was it was it lilac? Just so clinical, <laughs> so yeah, they are. They're always lilac. Those they're ones. always they? lilac. Well, they've got a lilac butterfly yeah. on the wall. Yeah. A token <laughs> box of tissues that is yeah. like basically made out of sandpaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, and then so we sat there, and then this lovely nurse came in, and she was so she was just I just remember thinking that she's so lovely, and obviously it was co- kind of COVID still, kind of not. So she had to sit across the other side of the room um, and all of that, all of yeah. that protocol. And, um, and then she kind of went through our options and she said that, yeah, I could have obviously surgical management or medical management or I guess the, na- the natural uh, management, natural, work, natural way. Um, I knew that I just needed it to be done. I hadn't yeah. I felt like I hadn't processed what was going on I just knew that I just needed it to be done today and over mm. so I thought I didn't want to be like just another name on an, on an NHS waiting list to to go down to theatre I, I almost like wanted to take control I felt like I hadn't had any control in in any of the pregnancy as in yeah. I mean it, obviously it, we were lucky to fall pregnant that you um, hadn't chosen but to. I hadn't chosen yeah. to and then I couldn't control my sickness I just felt so out of control the whole pregnancy I mean it was yeah like for two months I just I think it was about six weeks I just felt I couldn't I didn't feel right and I think now looking back I mean I know people have really bad sickness and I know it is really really can be really severe it just didn't feel right now thinking back it didn't I don't know whether it was like mentally I wasn't dealing with it very well I thought I'm quite a strong person and I'm quite I'm not like a poorly person but I almost felt like defeated by the sickness yeah so yeah so I felt like I wanted to take control and I I spoke to obviously me and Elliot spoke spoke through and he said I'll I'll support you whatever you whatever you decide I spoke to I think the nurse was well her name was Lisa she was really lovely I spoke to her and obviously they can give you their like medical advice but I then spoke to my best friend who's a midwife and just said like what, what do I do basically mm. um and um I just remember her, her saying I know that people choose to go to theatre because it's really painful obviously so I said um no I think I'm going to try the medication because I, I felt like that was my control yeah so um they said do you want to stay in hospital and I was like no way no way do I want to be here so I took it home and I think I so I remember eating cheese on toast on the bed and then taking the tablets. Um, and then they, she, the ladies, uh, the nurse said to me, it can, it happens different for every, every lady, but ideally you want kind of the pain will ramp up like in a couple of hours and then it will get like really severe, maybe between four and seven hours. Um, but for some ladies, it doesn't happen until like 12 hours later, 24 hours later. So don't be alarmed if nothing's happened until tomorrow. Um, but we're, but they, they were going to give me a call just to just to check in and see how how I was, how things were going. Yeah. 
Um, and I thought in my head, I was like, well, I'm going to be that that lady that um, like it doesn't happen, it doesn't work for. And, you know, I'm going to have to come back into hospital. And, and yeah, I really just ha- thought the worst just because I thought the worst had happened. Like everything else that's going to go with it is also going to be yeah the worst. I'm just going to get the bad luck and everything. Um, so anyway, after about, about two hours after I took the tablets, I was like, oh, I'm getting some like period pains. And they went from kind of like period pains to like, I don't know what to do with myself pains. Labour. Um, which, yeah, which were constant. I, I, yeah, I guess exactly contractions, like labour Contractions, yeah. yeah. And I just remember hanging on to Elliot and saying like, do not go anywhere. Like you can't go anywhere. And, um, and I mean, then I just sat, then I just sat on the toilet and all I want, I couldn't move from the toilet. I just needed to be on the toilet. And um, in this time, Elliot had rang um, one of our really good friends who's the midwife. And uh, and I think she could, well, she could hear me in the background and she said, I'm come, I'm going to come round. Um, I'm going to, I'll be round in like any time. And then as soon as she got to us, um, they advise you not to go in the bath when you have these tablets. I think, um, I think maybe because of the steam and, and, and like, maybe risk of fainting or something like that I don't know I don't really know why but she advised me not to go in the bath it might be like if you had if you it, it, lots of women sort of pass out from the pain don't they so yeah. if, you, if you passed out in the bath and drown really difficult that to really crap oh yeah drowning I didn't think of that <laughs> unusually I was thinking it'd be difficult to get you out <laughs> <laughs> no you, you passed out so you probably would drown <laughs> yeah drowning is probably the most dangerous <laughs> aspect of the bath situation and but it um, would be difficult to get you out yeah so I am so grateful for my friend who came around Mm. I I know we would have been fine if she hadn't have come around and I know how sorry I'm gonna get upset now (laughs) The the one thing that makes me upset I just um so um when she got to ours, the whole atmosphere changed. And um, she she's a home birth midwife, so she this is her kind of speciality, not right. really a speciality, but kind of. A real calming and, influence. Did you feel yeah, like her, all of a sudden you were being looked after and someone was taking control? And Yeah. Um, and just, and also, can, like, I guess for Elliot, because... He was yeah. just, he couldn't do anything. He was just watching, watching me and just letting me hop, like hang off him, basically. Yeah. Um, so about four hours after I'd taken the tablets, I was like, oh, I feel like I need to get out of the bath. Because um, So I got in the bath, actually, because even though she advised not to. It was only a low level water. And it just the pain relief that that gave me was amazing really and I think I had a can of coke as well I think I think I had a bit a can of coke and then I said I need to get out the bath I need to sit on the toilet again and actually that's when um I passed um the sack Mm -hmm. and it was um it almost gave me instant relief right um but I also wanted to have a look at the the sack as well and just I don't know just I guess I was curious and I just wanted to see and it was actually 
much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, to be honest, I haven't actually looked at my um, my letter from the like my my letter from the mid uh, from the the hospital. Um, but now, probably, if I looked at it, I would understand it more, having now had experience in my new job. But I haven't I haven't been able to get. I haven't. I just haven't been able to look because since when I've spoken about it, I've said, "Oh, I know that the sack." They said it was quite big, and the nurse then reiterated how like that it was quite sizable. And I was just wondering how how far. Yeah, like I mean, I guess I would have just liked to have known how big that was in terms of how far I was along. But I think I was around like thirteen plus one I think it was when I had my scan um so yeah then that evening you just feel so which I can think when everything sinks in you just feel so I guess like betrayed by your own body you just think how can it carry on growing um because what the nurse said to me is that it probably um baby probably passed away like really early on mm-hmm um, and then your body reabsorbs it, which is just so cruel. Like, why Why does it do that? You think to yourself, you just think, like, why does your body carry on growing something that is not even there? And I, you know, I, I don't hate, I'm not like hating myself for it, but I do feel life's just so cruel. Like, yeah. just, I would have just liked one little bit of blood or one, like, significant, like, cramp or something like that, that I would... You know, when I brushed off, people would say, oh, are you going to get an early scan? Are you going to pay privately and get an early scan? And I'm like, no, why would I do that? There's no need for me mm. to do that. Um, you know, I've got this sickness that is really, you know, really strong. I've got these good hormones. Like my boobs were massive. Um, <laughs> I've got a tummy. Like before we went to the scan, like we took a picture because I had a tummy. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it was like, the I guess yeah we were just you know we'd planned to move to to Devon and we were like excited after thinking what we're going to do we're moving to Devon as a like like with a new baby how you know what we're moving away from our friends our family but it's fine because we're going to meet loads of people in Devon you know we can meet friends through going to baby groups and you know pregnant uh, prenatal classes and stuff like that um yeah you know and then we were like actually this is really exciting it's exactly what we wanted it just maybe we just happened a year early this is this is perfect we're um yeah we're we're super excited yeah and we kind of skipped to you know I mean it sounds really cliche but like we we like was we like skipped to the hospital it's great we were Mm. in such a high spirit and we just never ever expected to hear to hear the news and yeah, I guess you feel a bit silly now. Well, no, yeah, because naive, we to- I think is the word. Yeah, naive. Like yeah. we we told people because we kind of had to. But I can um, completely relate to that feeling, feeling stupid and feeling yeah almost embarrassed that I, I felt so sort of cocky that everything was fine. Yeah, like mm. we're having a baby. Yeah. Well, getting pregnant, we all know now, does not mean you're having a baby, does it? No. No. I remember the day before my 12-week scan, um, texting my husband's auntie, who I've never met, she lives in Canada, and saying something along the lines of, um, keep your eye out for some exciting news tomorrow. <laughs> uh, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. And after, like, retrospectively, I just felt like such a dick. Yeah. yeah. And 
just like as you say like when you said this really resonated with me when you said that you're wearing oversized dungarees I was exactly the same and I was kind of like just we had like a family sort of barbecue it was beautiful weather at the time we had a family barbecue and I wore like a baggy jumper and you know I was like oh yeah well you know it's showing now and and all the time just afterwards I kept having these memories and flashbacks of things I'd said to people and things Mm. like sort of hint things I'm not going to tell you that I'm pregnant but I'm going to tell you I'm pregnant and just felt like such a fucking idiot but no yeah. one thinks you're an idiot. That's what you have to remember. All these people that you've told, all they feel for you is sadness. Yeah. They're not thinking, silly cow. What, can't believe she told us. Yeah. They're not yeah, thinking yeah. that. They're just, they're, they're just terribly sad for you. But you just feel so just feel bloody like stupid. Dick. And I, rem- I remember being in there and the woman was like, is this your first baby? And I was like, no, it's number four. And she was like, oh, so you're a pro. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember after like the horrible words, I was just standing in this room with my shorts sort of undone, uh, clutching my, my pregnancy notes, just like the most worthless bits of paper and I just I was just holding I remember just really like oh this is gonna make me emotional but I just holding them clutching them to my chest just feeling at that point this is it that's all I've got because mm. there's no baby anymore sorry it just brings it back that horrible yeah. horrible time but your mum said some wise words didn't she Bex in relation yeah. to feeling shit about your body and hating your body for holding on to it and for, yeah. for tricking you Just in case you're getting fed up of listening to us waffling on, here's a quick ad break. The Fertility Podcast aims to educate and empower you on the next steps with your fertility with an archive of over 300 episodes to help you start or complete your family. The podcast has been running for seven years now and in February 2021, Natalie and Kate relaunched it. Natalie is a former fertility patient and mum to Phoenix after having ICSI treatment. And Kate is an independent fertility nurse consultant who brings a science bit to the chat. It takes you through all you need to think about when trying to have a baby. From understanding your cycle and knowing more about sperm health to what tests to ask your GP for. Whether you're in a relationship or not, the podcast covers all routes to parenthood and it's now going through the process of what is fertility treatment all about? The options, the costs, going abroad, using a donor, with real stories, as well as leading fertility experts. Natalie and Kate want to give you the confidence to be your own advocate, as well as knowing where to get support and help with the emotional toll trying to conceive has on you. They're always creating topical episodes, helping you understand issues such as the safety of the vaccine when TTC, to the new guidance release for UK fertility clinics to make sure you fully understand what you're signing up for. Plus, they are always answering your questions with their weekly Ask the Expert feature on the podcast and their Brew at Two each Thursday on Instagram. To have a listen, subscribe to the Fertility Podcast wherever you get your podcast, or join them on social via at Fertility Poddy. That uh, was one of the first, seemingly one of your podcasts, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, that's one of the first um, podcasts I listened to because my um, a friend of mine from work said to me, um, when you're ready, there's this podcast. And uh, I said, okay. And I like, looked on your Instagram. And I thought, okay, I'm, I can't, I can't do that yet. It's not, um, I'm not quite ready that I'm not ready to yeah. look at that. And I guess I, you're almost, 
in denial. You're like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read, I'm not going to look at that, look at those things yet. And plus, you um, probably thought they're a couple of twats. <laughs> not interested no, quite, in I that. I quite like the, I quite like the colours on your Instagram. Actually, I remember saying that. <laughs> I was like, it looks, it looks. I was like, it looks really nice. It looks like a place I want to be in, but not, not now. Yeah. And uh, and then I was driving. My sister um, was also or has had a baby since, but was pregnant at the time. Um, she was six months pregnant when I found out. So you go through that whole. I'm going to have all your clothes when you finish with them. You can, yeah. tell, me all your, you can tell me all your hints and tips. You, you know, our babies are going to be, they're going to be cousins. They're going to be best friends. Mm. And um, they're going to, you're going to be able to come on holiday and stay with us. And they're going to, you know, be able to go in the water together. It's going to be really fun. Um, so I drove back. So after, um, what was it? About a month after I found out, uh, about our miscarriage um I drove back home for her baby shower I don't know about I don't know how you guys felt but I felt like pregnant in my body for for a long time after yeah. but maybe probably only like the last month I've maybe started feeling a bit normal oh, my wow. boobs my boobs went down quite quickly but I just felt that's like, annoying yeah the really only one's annoying. the only one you want to keep right <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like my t- my tummy was like just different it just I just felt different mm. and um so I came back for her baby shower and um as I was driving home I thought now I'm gonna put this podcast on now and I just listened to it the whole way home I think I listened to like nearly five podcasts I put it on when I got home to listen to finish the the fifth podcast Aww. um and I just I was in I was in tears driving home at some points but I was also laughing like I was in hysterics of laughter just um at you at you guys <laughs> laughing at us not with us yeah. <laughs> and uh I just thought this podcast is exactly what a lot of ladies need and it's not yeah. what people everyone needs at the beginning and maybe some people maybe it just yeah brings hope bring it's too close to home that's the start mm. but but yeah I uh, definitely get what you mean about um you know feeling well yeah obviously feeling just so stupid that you've told people and mm. so I I've messaged like a new gym in in uh in Barnes in Braunton where I live in and said I'm pregnant um but I really want to join um is there something you can help with me help me with and then obviously I joined and I was like well I'm actually not pregnant anymore and I'm mm. like why did I message them why did I met why did I do that before my 12-week scan the thing is you're so I think you're so excited that you get carried away and and when it's like you really want to tell people so you tell people that it doesn't necessarily matter that you tell like um I remember telling a waiter at a restaurant when I was pregnant just like oh can't have that because uh I'm expecting you know that sort of thing and that's the sort of thing that you look back on and go oh what a douche what a douche (laughs) yeah I mean that the waiter thing is pretty a pretty douchey move anyway but (laughs) but you know what I mean but with with regards to what my mum said because this is something that I feel so strongly about is that the miss miscarriage is such a unique set of feelings I think because although with a, a a miscarriage obviously your body is not doing what you expected it to do what you wanted it to do what it should do I'm saying that with inverted commas but with a miss miscarriage you have that and then you have this whole feeling of like that's really cruel it's really unfair and it's really unkind of you body to 
get me to a bloody waiting room full of pregnant people and yeah. in a scan that and a trick yeah it's a it's yeah. a massive trick and all the time you felt so sick and that was like a trick of your body and I think you can get go down a rabbit hole a bit of thinking about all the things that your body has or has not done that lets you down but basically what my mum said is when I was like I had a really long and drawn out process and it was horrendous because my body just wouldn't let go and she texted me and she said <laughs> she just said tell tell your beautiful brave body that it's okay to let go now oh. And basically, it just I can't believe you cry every time you say you've said that so many times now, and it still (laughs) still makes you cry. It's because it was such a turning point in my whole experience. Because I it turned it. It it was just it completely turned things on its head. And instead of being so angry and ashamed and like just this ball of kind of hatred, I was like, "Oh my god, you're amazing, body!" And I'm so sorry that this hasn't happened for us, but. You know, it's and I think that's so important. I'd say to anyone who's feeling that anger, I felt it. And if you can use that to turn it on its head and say, actually, this body, your body is incredible because it just didn't want to. It was so determined to hold on to that little baby. Yeah. That it just kept going, despite the fact that it was not gonna happen. Yeah, she's she's yeah. a wise woman, your mother. She is. Yeah. She is. Don't tell her. <laughs> so how are you doing now? Are we doing fine? I don't know whether we're doing fine. I feel like I'm doing fine sometimes. And then I'm... and You're then surviving. And, yeah. And something... The other day we were walking. We did a nice walk from Ullacombe in, in Devon. Oh, nice. It's so it, nice there. It was lovely, yeah. And I, we were looking at sheep. I just thought, God, I should be pregnant now. And that just set me off. And I was just, but it's just going to hit, it just hits you at the times you don't expect it. I can, I can talk to friends about it for hours, tell them all the physical stuff, tell them everything that happened. And I'm fine. And then I'm in the car and I don't know, you, you see, I, I don't know. It doesn't like babies and pregnant ladies and stuff like that doesn't really doesn't really trigger it for me um it's more thinking about oh I've got you know this weekend I'm I'm on a hen weekend and I should be quite pregnant right now and I'm not yeah. and I can drink alcohol and that's not really what I wanted to do because I wanted to be pregnant and I've got a wedding next weekend and you know I've, my dress was is like oversized so that mm. it could I could be wearing it if I was pregnant but I'm not so it's just oversized now yeah um you know things like that it's um that really I find that really hard when I when we got used to the idea of you know it's fine all these events are going to be happening in the next year and I'll just deal with it like I'm just I just you know I'm not that I'm talking about alcohol all the time but I just won't drink alcohol that's fine and you know I'll just go home early if I'm tired or you know that's everything will be fine and now they're all going to be happening and I'm just going to be drinking alcohol and going wild and that will also be fun but it's not <laughs> but it's not what you wanted to be doing but it's not what I wanted to do and mm. for I mean really up until now all I want is to be pregnant yeah but you know I was really emotional at first I was really not in a good way for probably until the last yeah three weeks I would say I've really I've, you know 
yeah, I've been really emotional and anything would set me off. And poor Elliot has just seen so many tears and he's been amazing. And guys just deal with it differently, don't they, than, yeah. than us. Um, and he's obviously been through, I just, I feel a bit like that he's just watched me suffer for through the morning sickness and then through the miscarriage. He probably feels very helpless and he just had to watch it. So, yeah, so I just thought, do I want to be pregnant again or do I just want that pregnancy again? Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure. Um, and it's definitely opened. You know, we definitely now know that we like want a family if we didn't before. We we do definitely now. Yeah. Um, and it's just that part of we don't want to try. But we don't want to not not try kind of in that limbo stage I guess of um, oh yeah yeah but then doesn't that just mean you're trying I don't I don't know um, well I think if you're not being careful you're trying and then and then within a couple of months of being like oh well we're just gonna see how it goes you're tracking yeah, scheduling yeah. <laughs> yeah. missing imports I exactly I know my cycle I, yeah. I've done that for lots of years I can't not know where I am I can't then suddenly be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't know yeah. where I am. I'm just, let's just so, go with it. I'm just easy breezy. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go with it. But I when do it comes to fertility. Me. Yeah. When it comes to fertility tracking, there is no easy breezy. Yeah. <laughs> did, did it, did you sharing your experience of what happened, open the floodgates for people going, yeah, actually I've, I had a miscarriage. I had a miss miscarriage or whatever. So a couple of people I already knew, um, but we've definitely had texts or phone calls from people saying, like, I'm really sorry to hear about it. We've been through something similar. Um, you know, even guys have texted Elliot and said, mate, I'm really sorry. It's like it really takes the wind out of your sails. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really describe how you feel. A really empty. Yeah, it's feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really yeah. empty feeling. Because in your mind and your body, and sometimes in your home as well, you're creating this space for this little being. Yeah. And I can really relate to something you said earlier, actually, because for me, it was about us becoming a family rather than that individual baby. And I've often said that. Um but I think you do. And that's where that big gaping hole is. That's where that, yeah. that emptiness is. And in the months that follow where you should be pregnant, there's a big gaping hole there as well. That's, yeah. um, you know, I remember saying, oh, so-and-so's wedding. Don't worry. I'll drive us. Yeah. Because I'll be pregnant. Yeah. Oh, that stuff is really heartbreaking. I think when you, <clears throat> I don't know what's happened to my voice. Sorry. <laughs> I think when you, for me, it was suddenly remembering that I wasn't pregnant. Mm. And as you say, all these plans and then being like, I remember our baby was going to be due on the 11th of December. And I literally remember thinking, oh, it's okay. No family politics this year because everyone can come to me and then be like, oh shit, no, that's not, that's not a thing anymore. And it's that kind of, and it just takes, takes the floor from underneath you. And the other thing I remember is I stayed up the night, the day I found out I stayed in hospital and I literally stayed up all night watching RuPaul's Drag Race because I was terrified of going to sleep because I knew that I would wake up thinking that everything's okay for that split second. Mm. And so I didn't let myself go to sleep. And then, yeah, obviously felt horrendous. Yeah. (laughs) 
but it's that kind of i the 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 realization that everything's gone wrong is something i really struggled to cope with that yeah. kind of false sense of security and then like but i think that's where talking about it and writing about it really helps because that does yeah. help you to process those emotions and to understand them and just for them to sink in really yeah but yeah you know some people and you hear it maybe quite a lot with people that are older than us um that they never told anyone no one ever knew and Mm. you just think how did you keep that in there for so long and and deal with it in inside yeah that that was a real shocker to me is that when we first started this like a year ago and I set up the Facebook group which is what I did first before Laura and I met and I had women in their 50s, 60s writing to me and saying, I, you know, I went through this 30 years ago and I've never told anyone, but I've never forgotten the due date. And, and that impact is not to be underestimated, isn't it? You know, if miscarriage is not a no. problem, you know, if, it's, if it's just one of those things, then why are women in their 60s still, still holding close their hearts these dates of these babies that never, never made it to their arms? It's, it's such a huge, traumatic, desperately heartbreaking experience to go through. And that is what needs fundamentally to be understood. You can't understand it emotionally unless you've been through it. You can't. But intellectually, we need to make people understand that miscarriage is fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah. Hear, hear. Amen to that. Passionate rant that was, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's unlike you. I know. I don't Mm. really like talking very much. Well, I feel like we've all got some things off our chest there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with with us. And um, I know it's going to resonate with loads of people, this one, because often, you know, early early miscarriage and miss miscarriage and having one miscarriage is are things that loads of women feel like they're not entitled to grieve over. And I think by sharing your story um, is, is, you know really brave thing to do but it's also it gives others the kind of validation that they need to be like yeah I I did have I had a miscarriage and that's enough yeah Yeah. definitely I I never I mean you never think it's going to happen to you no but I would have said that if it did happen to me then I would be stronger than I than I feel like I'm being I think it's absolutely not it knocks you for six and you just never expect to feel I guess feel this grief and loss of something that never actually you never actually got to hold or spend time with or make any memories with Mm -hmm. um the the grief and yeah the the heartache definitely needs to be recognized I think and um obviously now with my new job I now see a a lot a lot more where you just see how strong people are this is not even not about me but yeah you just see people that have been through so much more and they're just the strongest I just think women are pretty amazing women are amazing but they would <laughs> every single one of these strong women would argue that they're not strong they survive because yeah, yeah, yeah. they have to yeah it's, yeah. Not, it's not a choice is it you just you just gotta just ride going. the waves of the grief and the trauma that life keeps smacking at you yeah well Amen. I think you're very brave for coming and sharing your story considering you're not feeling you know perfectly back to normal and you're still struggling a little and not feeling not back, strong back to back to no, new normal no yeah it's never normal again yeah, yeah that's that is that is 
that is how I feel. I feel like hard I'm to come to like, terms with that. Isn't yeah, it? really yeah. hard. Right, okay, I'm not a mum, but I'm not me anymore. What? Yeah, you know, who am I? You, I feel like especially like after you know, suit like quite soon after it happened, and we would like see friends and stuff, or we go maybe go for a drink or something. I feel like I didn't turn up. I was there, but I didn't turn up. And yeah. You know, and you just kind of go, okay, yeah, I'll have a, a bit. Again, I'm talking about alcohol. I'm honestly not. It's um, right, you're in good company, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, I'm having a beer. I really don't want to have this beer. And I've really, like, what is there to laugh about? That's what you think. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how you feel. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want to talk about your yeah. kids. I don't want to. Yeah. I fucking yeah. hate you. Happy Who are you? Who even are you? Yeah. I've At least you there. turned up though, dude. Yeah. I just said yeah, I was Laura, coming and then bailed. Laura was like a little hermit crab. Or if you? I did go, I was just not one beer. It, it was 10 beers for me <laughs> and the tequilas. I remember some, like one of my friends. out, and, dance on the table. <laughs> one of my friends said to me, you've, uh, he said we we were really drunk and he said since you've started all this miscarriage stuff as in the worst girl gang ever you've really changed I don't think you should do it anymore and I was just and it sort of broke my heart a bit because I knew that I had changed but it broke my heart for my friends because I felt like they were trying to get me back and trying to just go just forget it just get over it just forget it because we miss you and it made me so sad because you can't change back it's it's yeah. done it's an yeah. event that changes the, the the rest of the course of your life it's not the girl so gang stuff that's changed you no it's exactly the miscarriage that's changed you and because if the girl can... gang stuff has done anything it's made you be able to process things and yeah. oh it's made it's 100 percent made me a better person yeah yeah he- heavy it drinker just... better person <laughs> <laughs> it just consumes you and i think um mm. i sometimes think God, they don't want to be talking about this all the time. You know, they've got their own problems. You know, it's not, I'm not the only person in our group that is having problems yeah. and has got things going on and as like feeling grief and you need to not talk about it so much because it's not, it's not their problem as well. Um, and then I just find myself talking to Elliot about it all the time. Yeah. But put um, yourself in your friend's shoes. If you had a friend who was really struggling with whatever it may be, you'd want them to talk to you. Yeah. 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 That's right. They're your mates for a reason. Yeah. And if they do get bored of it, fuck them off. <laughs> wow. I cut that bit. <laughs> yeah. Did you say I might cut that bit? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're so powerful with this editing process. Uh, you leave all my shit bits in, you can't. Use it. <laughs> okay. Same. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I totally agree with 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 everything that you've said it's just it's a situation but it's one that you've got to just handle and deal with right it's shit and it's unfair and it's sad and it's cruel yeah Yeah. we can't change it no if only there was a system if there's a system you deserve you deserve it and it's it's that easy why is it why why can we not do that in this modern age yeah, I, I always used to say, I'll take an exam. I'll yeah. study really yeah. hard. I think, yeah. I think that's that's the hardest thing is when you hear about these dreadful stories about um, you know, children babies and children being mistreated and yeah. and, and you just think I would people like, say why is this- if you work hard enough you can achieve anything. Yeah. Well no, from- that's that's rubbish. And yeah. it is rubbish because you can have sex every fucking day of your fertile window. You can't try any harder than that. 
Can you? Bloody. No. Bloody. Bloody fertility. Anyway, we're getting a bit sweary, so I think it's time to go now. Yeah. <laughs> Before we start getting trolled. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, well, well, thank you so much. To to you. Thank you. And lovely to meet you both. Yeah. IRL. Oh, no, it's not IRL, is it? No, mate. Virtually. No. I forgot what IRL's <laughs> like. Right. Cool, cool, oh, cool. Thank you. Good to chat mm-hmm. to you. See you soon. Take Bye. care of yourself. All Thanks. the best. Bye. And you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, and we'll see you next week. And to find out more about our pathway to recovery, please visit our website. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. <laughs> to be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.